Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas in the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Last night was the College Football National Championship in Michigan won their uh, first national championship since 1997. Jim Harbaugh finally winning his first national championship. So I wanted to play for you some sound because, again, there's a lot of talk about what is next for Jim Harbaugh. Will he go back to the National Football League? Will he join the Chargers? Will he join the Raiders? Will he go somewhere else? With that said, let me now uh, play for you uh, some post-game sound as we were there live in Houston last night from Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. Glorious, glorious win. Could not be happier or prouder. Our team, 15-0. Uh, yeah, took on all comers. Last one standing. It's a great feeling. And this, uh, so happy for our players, for our parents, um, for their grandparents, our coaches, Sharon Moore, Jesse Minner, Jay Harbaugh, the coordinators, the coaches, the staff. Um, I just couldn't uh, couldn't have had a better game. Jesse Minner, I mean, A++ the whole way. And uh, for me personally, I, uh, I can now sit at the big person's table in the family. They won't, they won't, they won't keep me over there in the, on the little table anymore. My dad, Jack Harbaugh, won a national championship. And my brother won a Super Bowl, so uh, it's, good to, it's good to be at the, the big person table from now on. Let's hang for just one minute so we can get our student-athletes up here, and then we'll take questions. All right, I'm going to do introductions as they're finding their seat. Again, we are <laughs> proud to be joined by University of Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh, along with offensive player of the game Blake Corum, defensive player of the game Will Johnson, and quarterback J.J. McCarthy. As a reminder... We will take questions for our student-athletes first. So if you've got a question for our student-athletes, please let us get you the mic. Give us your name and affiliation. We're going to start right down here in front. Yes, Nick Douglas with RealDog.com. You two are a part of a university that's a very prestigious academic university. Um, What has the university done to support you guys both on and off the field, and how has it shaped the individual that's on this stage today as a national champion? Let's start with Blake. You go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, man, this is the best university in the world. I'm so blessed to have a degree from the university. You can't fail there. You know, you have so much support, so much help. You know, we have the academic center. We, we can get tutors when we want. The professors are really good. You know, you can't fail. And they make sure of that. And, and it, that degree, that degree from the University of Michigan will set you up for the next 40 years. And uh, I'm so glad, 
you know, I chose and these guys chose. I, I'm, I know I can speak for them because I know they're glad as well, but we chose the University of Michigan. It's just it's such a prestigious school, like you said. I'm really glad you chose the University of Michigan, too. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you. It's another reason why I came, by the way. <laughs> JJ, do you have any response to that? Um, I would just say, you know, Coach Harbaugh hit on it last night. It takes a lot more than just being a football player to be a Michigan man. And, you know, everything that, you know, the rigorous school sed- schedule, the rigorous, you know, football schedule, it just forges us into these Michigan men. And, you know, couldn't be in a better spot. You know, like Blake said, greatest university in the world. All right, we'll take our next question from right down here far left. Hi, Mitch Album, Detroit Free Press. Congratulations to all of you. Uh, JJ, can you talk about the ebb and flow of this game? You know, early on, it felt like you guys ran out to a lead, then it kind of j- slowed down, and particularly when it all kind of came together on that third down play where you ended up having a scramble. I don't know if that was a call play or not, and how that turned things, what you were thinking on that play, et cetera. You know, we started off really hot. You know, everything was clicking, but I feel like we got to points in the games where we were beating ourselves. You know, we were just, uh, I was missing throws. Um, I was missing some reads. And, you know, it just comes down to moving on to the next play, flushing the last play, and, you know, just staying in the present moment and just trying to, you know, attack one play at a time. Oh, yeah, the third down run. uh, I just saw it on film all week that they were going to give me an opportunity at some point. And being backed up like that, you don't want to be, you know, sitting back in the end zone for too long. And, uh, you know, I just saw the crease. The offensive line did a great job of making sure they didn't shed those blocks. And, you know, the rest is history. Right here, stay one row behind. Left, Nicole Nicole Auerbach, the athletic. For all three players, but, um, like, we start with you. It always seemed like in all the big moments this season, the the leaders, the the captains, the star players always stepped up. So can you just talk about what that felt like or when you knew that the team needed you to make a big play, especially in this today's game? Yeah, you know, uh, playmakers, uh, you know, coaches always say playmakers have to make plays and, uh, you know, don't wait on anyone else to make a play. But, you know, today was a complete, complete, you know, team effort. You know, there's so many people making plays out there. And when we needed to play, Someone made it, whether it had been myself, whether it had been Will, whether it had been J.J. or Donovan, you know, Colston. I, I, I could keep going on and on just because so many guys made plays. But when the play needs to be made, playmakers make them. And we have a lot of them. Okay, we're going to go right back here. Oh, I'm sorry. You wanted a couple more. My fault. Will, can you answer uh, that? Yeah, like Blake said, in these type of games, I mean, big-time players make big-time plays. So I just give all the credit to our coaches and all the people that helped us prepare for these games. And that's just what it is. I mean, we prepare for it, so we're just ready for the moment. JJ? Yeah, it doesn't happen unless all 11 are clicking. You know, we like the players, they really can't make the plays unless everyone's on the same page. So, you know, all credit goes to everybody out there on the field and the coaches. Okay, we're going to take our next question over here, third row on the aisle. Hey, Sean J. Roger from CBS Sports over here. Uh, congratulations to all of you, first of all. Uh, you know, JJ and then Blake, um, you know, obviously that uh, last year you were standing on the sidelines in the Fiesta Bowl as the confetti came down. How far have you come from that moment? And how much have you learned from your last two runs in the playoff to kind of help get you to this point? Yeah, I'd say, you know, we came a long way, but in order to accomplish things like this, you got to go to those, you know, dark places where everything's not great. And, you know, just the response, you know, the urgency right after that last game last year, it was different. I knew it, you know, just from being on the podium last year and saying that we'll be back. I knew the guys that were coming back and I just, I had this feeling that it was going to be where we are right now and you know just all credit goes to you know the players on this team everybody in that facility coach Harbaugh like that man he's the reason we're here today so just all thanks to him and to everybody on the team yeah for me um you know when we all decided to come back we we knew what it took to get here right and when we all said we're coming back and the guys that you know had no other choice but to come back 
we had to pay attention to details, and our strength coach actually hit on it last night when he was talking to us. But, you know, it's the, it's the little things, the details and the details, and we really locked in on those details all the way back, you know, to winter workouts, summer workouts. We were always just trying to execute at a high level and pay attention to detail. <laughs> I think that's what separated us a lot. Question right up here on our left, first row. Hi, Steve Futterman. Congratulations. You know, you could go 15-0, and 0, run the table, easily win every game. You'd be elated right now, no matter what happened. I'm trying to ask you, this was not a season where everything went the way you wanted it to. There were some of the off-the-field issues, which we all know about. Can you talk about the satisfaction having overcome those as well to get to this point? Does it make it even sweeter? Right. Can I... Can I? Yeah, it, it, it couldn't have gone better. It went exactly how we wanted it to go, uh, to win every game. Uh, the off, off the field issues, we're innocent. And, and we, stood, we stood strong and tall because we knew we were innocent. And I just like to point that out. And these guys, these guys are innocent. And yeah, overcome that. Um, it wasn't that hard because we, we knew we were innocent. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's really what I want to say. It went exactly how we wanted it to go. It went exactly how we wanted it to go. I would just say the, the culture that Coach Harbaugh, Coach Herb, and all those guys instilling us, I mean, the distractions were built to last <clears throat> no matter what the outside circumstance is. So that's just what we're all about. Second row, Bill. And lastly, I just want to also point out um, nothing fancy here. There was no uh, nothing nothing surprising. It was just good old fashioned teamwork, good old fashioned hard work mm-hmm. uh, by these players and these coaches. And none of us are up here taking a deep long bow because we know this was a this was good old fashioned teamwork. Bunch of blue collar guys. Second row on our left, Bill. Uh, this question's for Blake. Um, you guys rushed for 303 yards on eight yards per carry tonight. You started hot in the running game. They kind of adjusted. You finish. Um, how satisfying or how happy were you for Donovan, first of all, and how satisfying was it to close out with the, with the running game? You know, I, I was so excited for Donovan because I just felt like he needed that, right? He needed it. He's back. Know, he's back. Donald's back. Donald's back. And, I, you know, I don't know what he's going to do, you know, after this game. I hope he just celebrates and doesn't think about, you know, what decision he's going to make. But I was so happy for him. You know, that's something Donovan, you know, he's been praying for. And he talked to the media the other day. I listened to the interview. And he said, you know, he, he's working on growing. You know, he said he went to a therapist and just talking and talking, and, you know. But Donovan, he puts in the work. You know, he's always there. Yeah. I love that guy. Don, the Don, you know, uh, that's uh, going to be a, what do you call it? Good friend, known agent. Trusted agent and known friend. Trusted agent, known friend for life. Um, you know, that's my guy. I'm glad I got to share a backfield with Donovan. You know, I wish Donovan nothing but the best. And if he ever needed anything, best believe I would be there for him. I also just want to mention something about Donovan. You know, I've had the honor to be his roommate for two years. And, just knowing everything he goes through behind the scenes and just the man he is on a day-to-day basis, you know, this couldn't have been a better moment for him to just show out and show the world who he really is. And, you know, I'm just so freaking happy for the guy. The Don is back. And I want to talk about the defense. I mean, that was, that was a spectacular game by our defense. Jesse Minter, the coaches, Coach Klink, 
um, elite quarterback in Michael Penix, uh, you know, this man, Will Johnson, talked at halftime like, we got to get this momentum back, and uh, darn if we don't get it back, the, uh, the first play of, of the second half. I mean, yeah, pull it down. That was, that was phenomenal. Uh, and the, you know, the tackling, we missed a couple, but just, just a couple. Uh, Mike Sammer still, I hope somebody could go grab him and get him up here at the podium. Uh, oh, okay. he, he, amazing, amazing stalwart of a player, just like, just, just like these three that are here. I mean, when a play needs to be made, uh, Mike Sanders still has made it. When a play needs to be made, Blake Quorum makes it. When a play needs to be made, Will Johnson makes it. When a play needs to be made, J.J. McCarthy makes it. Donovan Edwards makes it. Jalen Harrell makes it. Junior Colson makes it. Rod Moore makes it. Uh, when, it's, when you just got great players, when you have great players, uh, that unanimously support each other. Those things that coaches talk about, you know, you can't you know, control what you can control. These guys control the uncontrollable things with how they train, how they work, how they play, and their unanimous support for each other. Uh, you never doubt if somebody on this team has your back. Okay, we're going to take just two more here for the student-athletes. Start here in the front. Yeah, uh, Eric Olson with the Associated Press. Blake, uh, just wanted to ask uh, a little bit about the, the first quarter you guys run for about 175 yards, and then you guys went a little quiet with the ground game until you kind of got it back in the second half. Was it something that Washington did? Did they make an adjustment that you noticed, or did, what kind of happened there that kind of had you guys stall out just a bit before you got it going again? You know, they, they may have added another guy in the box, but, um, you know, they, they made some good plays too. You know, that's why they were in the national championship. So, I mean, I give them the credit. You know, like you said, we started fast. You know, they slowed us up a little bit, but then when we needed to start fast again, you know, we started fast. So, um, you know, they had us for a little bit. We, we, we knew what they were going to get theirs. Well, we had another ace up the sleeve. We did. We, we, sure. had, we had a play action pass. To oh, my. That, that, was, that, was, uh, that was great. That was amazing. Um, because JJ can talk about this because I, I just saw it. I mean, he lived it, but I mean, he went to release that ball and his arm got hit. And then somehow you like, you know, just wrist flick the wrist. I mean, flick of the flick the old booger off the end of the finger or something. <laughs> I mean, but you got that ball. I mean, with some zip, Colson. I mean, that'd be about thirty yards downfield. Talk about that and and the yak. How'd you do that? Oh uh, well, you did that. <laughs> well, first off, we set it up earlier. Um, I think it was the drive before running the same play, but it was actually a run. And, uh, you know, it was just one of those plays where, you know, just trusted my fundamentals, trusted, you know, the play, trusted Colston, you know, just seeing him over the middle and seeing the linebackers press up, I knew it was going to be, it was going to be there. So I just had to get that ball off and the line held up just enough. They held up just enough. Yeah, I mean, it was a huge play. I mean, the fourth and 13 play, uh, Mike Sanders still makes that interception, returns it down to the six or seven yard line. Will Johnson, that interception. Blake Corm, his big run. Donovan, his his two big runs. Um, and that play right there, you know, uh, had to get the momentum back. They just scored, cut the lead to to uh, seven, and uh, then we hit that mm-hmm. big 40, 50 yarder. That was uh, that was right on time. Last one for our student athletes on the oh, right aisle. I'm with you, Jim. Go. All right, that is it for our student-athletes. Thank you all very much, gentlemen. Coach Harbaugh, if you could hold back, now questions are for you. I know. I thought I had the question. 
Thanks, guys. All right, here we go. We'll start right here on the aisle, far right. Jim Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports. What box or boxes do you have left to check now in your coaching career if you won a national championship? Well, I check the biggest box. You know, for me personally, uh, just to be, uh, you know, part of the family, you know, uh, with my dad who won a national championship with Western Kentucky in 2002 and John Harbaugh who won the Super Bowl 2012 season, 2013 Super Bowl. I get to sit at the... Uh, the big person's table now. Uh, that that feels really good. Just uh, you know, to be to be the only coach in your own family that you know hasn't won a national t- title uh, or Super Bowl, the, the championship. Uh, yeah, that feels great personally. I'm gonna come down here, right in the very front row. Uh, <clears throat> Ad Moore at Max Corner, Houston Roundball. Coach Blake Bo was stated that he always wanted a Michigan man to be at the head of the respective programs. Now a Michigan man has led this program back to the pinnacle of success. How do you feel now, and how does it, that the fact that that was something that's sort of written in law that what Bo wanted, and you were able to accomplish it? Um, it feels great. I t- told the team last night that um, you know, that's – that means so much to me to be a, a Michigan man. Um, you know, Bo Schembechler would talk about the team, the team, the team. When I was growing up, my dad coached here from 73 to 79, coached the secondary for Bo, and would always come home and tell us things Bo said, and um, all the time would would talk about the team, the team, the team, and what that meant. No man, uh, no player, no coach bigger than the team. Uh, and then when I played here at Michigan as a quarterback in the 80s you heard it you heard it a lot all the time you know the team the team the team and uh, we brought that back you know when I came here in 2015 Um, you know the team the team the team and we've 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 made some uh, made some additions to it you know we we uh, you know we talk about what's good for the bee is good for the hive and what's good for the hive is good for the bee um and talk about all kind of things, but that's what it that's what it comes from, you know. Um, just uh, doing something that's bigger than for yourself, you know. Caring about somebody other than yourself, um, you know. Never being being outworked, um, you know. Doing right, you know. You don't lie, you don't cheat, you don't steal, um, and you do the best. Best, give it the very best that that you. Uh, Best to, the best of your God-given ability. That's, uh, you know, that thing, that and more. I mean, you could probably write a book what it means to be a Michigan man, but, you know, someday if, when they throw dirt over top of me, if somebody who's eulogizing me, who was on this team or one of my teammates, you know, when I was playing at Michigan, if they would simply say he was a Michigan man, that would be, that would, that would mean everything. I mean everything to me, and there are. There's no question. There's probably about a, you know, 110 guys like that on our football team, and there's some some young guys, you know, some freshmen, some young sophomores that they don't know quite what it means yet. Uh, but like I didn't when I was a, a freshman and a sophomore in college. You know, it took time to uh, to realize just. You know how, what a magnificent thing it is to be part of a team um, where everybody has your back, everybody supports you. 
you know, unanimously. Um, yeah, we slip and we fail sometimes, um, but that's what a Michigan man does. He makes it right. Um, so, as I said, I'm not the definition maker of what a Michigan man is or, or isn't, but um, that's what's inside me. That's what, that's what I think of it. And probably like anybody's life or life story, um, you know, it would take a book to, uh, to, uh, to write it all. And that's why I kind of think of being a Michigan man. It would probably take a book to put everything into it. But uh, very proud, very proud to, to be a Michigan man. All right, that was Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh talking uh, to the media after winning the college football playoff national championship on Monday in Houston over Washington. And now the big question, of course, is will he jump to the National Football League and join the Los Angeles Chargers? We'll, we'll find out, and we'll uh, be, certainly be uh, tracking that story uh, this week. Uh, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be uh, talking about the Los Angeles Rams and Sean McVay, when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Big playoff weekend here in the National Football League. Just a really a jam-packed wild card weekend uh and perhaps the most uh talked about the game with the most storylines is the rams traveling to detroit to play the lions jared goff playing matthew stafford again we had that blockbuster trade where jared goff was traded from the rams to the lions for matthew stafford again it's a trade that's really worked out for both teams matthew stafford leading the rams for their uh first super bowl in los angeles jared goff leading the Lions to their first division title since 93. Now they go head-to-head, the winner, and dancing to the divisional round. Uh, we had a chance to catch up with uh, Rams head coach Sean McVay this week, so let's now hear from him right now. Hey, Sean, what has changed over the last few years when you look at tape of Jared on film? What What do you see has changed? Yeah, I think he's, you know, he, he played a really high level in the four years here with us, Maria, but I think he's just like anybody. He's just continued to mature. You can see he's got great ownership of what they're doing. Um, he's got a lot of responsibility at the line of scrimmage, getting in and out of the different packages. You can see that Ben and Dan give him a lot of leeway in terms of some of the audibles, but just a quarterback playing with a lot of confidence, has a great rapport with his skilled players. 
Um, you know, even when you're watching that Chargers game and you could see, you know, his ownership to be able to check into a run when they had a personnel grouping that they didn't have. And then it goes for a 75 yard touchdown. So just good ownership, all the things that you want to see from your quarterback and been really impressed. And, you know, I've been watching, you know, just uh, because I'm a fan of this game. And then obviously you're studying it through a different lens. And it seems like we've crossed over with them a lot, seeing their offense. And uh, and it's been uh, one of the best. And, and he's leading the way. Is it odd to game plan against somebody you used to game plan for? I think, it's, I think the longer that you do it, it can become a little bit more normal. Um, you know, but like I said yesterday, I, I'm really happy and incredibly grateful for the four years of time that we did have together. And I think the appreciation grows as I reflect back on it, Maria. But, you know, we're excited to try to figure out how the Rams can play the best game that we can against the Lions. And it's going to be tough to stop those guys. Thank you. You're welcome. Stu. Hey, Sean, I just want to check in on uh, Troy Reader and Jordan Fuller. Any updates to their status yet? Yeah, so, you know, same thing. They'll be kind of, they'll be uh, day-to-day. You know, they won't be able to practice. You know, Wednesday we'll have a walkthrough. So we'll kind of just see what their status looks like. It was, uh, you know, it was a knee, it was an ankle with Jordan, um, and then it was a hyperextended knee with Troy. And so we'll continue to just try to see, uh, you know, use all the time that we have. Um, Hopefully they'll be available. If not, then we'll have contingency plans accordingly. And then it looks like Joe Noteboom is making good progress with his heel those will be the only guys that would probably be out right now um, from a projection as far as Wednesday is concerned. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Lashky. What's up, Sean? Hey, Bill. How you doing? Good. So a lot of people before the season wrote you off, me included. I think I wrote you're going to win four games and you should tank to get Caleb Williams. But a, a lot of people had the same kind yeah, of – Yeah, no faith, Bill. What the hell, man? I don't, you, th- usually <laughs> I don't think anybody had – Nobody had any faith in you guys. It wasn't just me, and not that's my question. Hey, Jerry Klein had faith. Are you sure about that? Hell no, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> no, but anyway, so did all this noise motivate you guys? Or did, did did you all hear it? Did you you know everybody thought you were this is going to be a rebuilding year? This is going to be a four win season. Did this motivate you guys? You know, I think our players are probably a lot more in tune just because of them being on social media, things like that. You know, I, I, I'm aware of it because of the questions that you guys ask, but I try to stay pretty blind to it. Um, you know, we try to be as inside out as possible. And what I loved, Bill, and I mentioned this to you when we've kind of connected, is the way these guys continue to come to work and the consistency at which they did it was on display really when we were three and six. And then when we were able to finish up seven and one, I think we were getting healthy. I think we started to find our identities. I love the consistency of our coaching staff. And so um, it's about coming together at the right time and continuing to gel as a group. I think our veteran leaders really elevated everybody around them. And then you get some guys that are able to contribute a lot faster than what is normally um, expected based on, hey, you've got to. You know, we're counting on you. And these guys matured faster than I think a lot of people outside of this building would have thought. But you know, we're excited to be where we're at. I think we've got some good momentum, but now we're all O and O. But uh, you know, I've I've really had fun and I think recommitting to a lot of the values and principles. It's almost like we've continuously talked about it, but the consistency that this group, the energy, the vibe that they've brought, Bill, um, it's been really fun and it's a great mix of guys that have been in a lot of big time games, um, and then a heck of a lot of young players that have really um, watch these guys do their thing and then been able to accelerate their learning and maturation process a lot faster than anybody anticipated. One, one more fast question. I know this sounds crazy because you won a Super Bowl, but is this your best coaching job ever? 
You know, I, I, I don't know about that. I think I'm really proud to be associated with this team. And uh, I think more than anything, I think especially given the experiences that we've accumulated with this being the seventh year, um, I think I have a lot more gratitude and appreciation, um, you know, for the journey. Instead of it just being words, I think we've lived it out a little bit more consistently. And I do know that last year's challenges, and there was a lot of challenges even you know, before that, it might not have just been as, uh, you know, headline because we were getting positive results. I think have helped us continue to grow and establish a grid and a mental toughness that served us well. But um, what I'm proud of is that I think this team has an identity and they've really created their own culture. And that's certainly as players and coaches. And I'm around a lot of people that you want to be motivated not to let them down, Bill, instead of some of the selfish stuff that, uh, you know, I, I, I uh, you know, wasn't afraid to uh, acknowledge, uh, you know, especially last year. Thank you. You're welcome. Gary. Gary, um, how many wins did you think we would have? <laughs> uh, I said, if I think I, I wrote, if it was, if things went poorly, you'd end up three and 14. And if things went well, you'd be nine and eight. So. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> hey, you, you, you really, uh, you really chose a side there, man. You went with a six game spread. <laughs> it was it was the low you know if things go bad if things go well but anyway here you are uh back in the playoffs and um you know in, in the four previous ones in wild card games uh three of them were at home you only went on the road once that in 20 uh to seattle what's that what's that like preparing uh for that kind of environment a playoff game and what do you expect well it was a crazy environment in seattle with no fans in the stands on covid year <laughs> it was wild man you know this is a little bit different you know i think the closest thing that comes to mind is the divisional round at tampa gary um you know but what you do know i mean that new orleans atmosphere in the nfc championship in 18 was wild um you know, you've watched detroit all year they've had great home atmospheres and environments everybody's pumped up big time sunday night game and so we anticipate, uh, you know, them to have a great crowd, great support, and sometimes going to those atmospheres can be, uh, you know, a great opportunity for us to come together and be tighter than we've ever been. But, um, you know, that that's kind of life in the NFL when you go on the road, but we know this is going to be especially special for that city, and it's pretty cool the loyalty they have and the love they have for football, and we're going to try and go in there and, and give them a, a great show and uh, compete to the best of our ability, but... You know, it's no different. You just know that, you know, you got to do a great job of handling the uh, the visual communication, especially as it relates to the offensive side of the ball, knowing that their fans will be going crazy when we're up. And how have you, you know, in your evaluation, how have you guys operated in silent count situations this season? I mean, are you? I think we've been, I think we've been pretty good. You know, I, I, I think there was a couple instances particularly that come to mind as you asked that question that we'll be able to, use as learning ops, especially in Baltimore with a couple of the things that, um, you know, start always starts with me that we didn't do a good enough job of, but uh, because we've got the right guys, I'm confident that those can be, you know, used in the right manner, but you don't take for granted how difficult it is, how important it is in terms of the starting point coming from us as coaches, me sending it in Matthew and then him being able to echo it and articulate it to the next, you know, to the other 10 guys around him. But um, communication is a key and critical factor every single week. Um, and visually and, uh, you know, visually is going to be a key factor in terms of how we visually communicate as well as verbally for our defense. But, uh, you know, there'll be some opportunities that that is going to be a huge factor. And, and we got to do a great job of handling that with poise and execution. And finally, for me, do you have any um, 
discussion other than maybe joking about it, you know, with Stafford about going into this situation. And I know he's a veteran and, and he's been around the block, but you take any time specifically to talk to him about, you know, handling this particular situation. You know, we, we talk all throughout the course of the week, Gary. And so I, I think it's standard operating procedure. He's played a lot of games. You're not going to run away from, you know, what that will mean in terms of the history that he has and the reverence that that city has for him and that he has for that city. Um, but I think he said it to you guys yesterday. Once the game kicks off, you're just totally immersed in the moment. I think there'll be a lot of fun narratives externally that all play into the attention that the game gets. But um, I do believe that the focus and concentration is going to be on playing our best ball, um, playing good complimentary football. But, but yeah, those are conversations as it relates to the game. And um, I'm sure he'll have his family and, and a lot of people that mean a lot to him there. And uh, and that's usually consistent, but th this one will be a little bit different and think he'll be better equipped to answer exactly, you know, the emotions and the feelings that he'll have for you guys. Thanks. You're welcome. Adam. Sean, when you, Look back on like when you were across the league watching Matthew play for the Lions. What stood out to you about those teams and the way he led them? Competitiveness, toughness, grit, playmaking ability in crunch time situations. You know, all the things that you see that make him a great player. But I think the one thing I always appreciated from watching him from afar was you always felt like you were in a game no matter what the circumstances were with Matthew Stafford. And you can tell his team always felt that way as well. And he certainly has, uh, you know, made this team and our coaches and players feel that way with him at the switch here. You guys entered the bye week three and six coming off a couple of losses that you described as humbling. What, one loss since then. What, what's changed? Like, what did you identify as a staff? How did the players approach the second half of the season in a different way? Like what, what changed? Yeah, I, th I think health was a big part of it. You know, we got a lot of key players back healthy, feeling good. I think the bye came in a good week, especially when you talk about playing nine games with preseason games. That's a long time for a lot of these younger players. Um, and then I think there was a commitment to establishing some identities offensively, defensively. You know, we've gone through some different things, as, as you guys know, and it's been well documented on special teams. But I think we played better as a team. I think we took better care of the football. I think we were able to get timely takeaways. We were able to, you know, establish leads early on in games where a couple of those games that became one possession games, I didn't think were as close as the score dictated. Um, all of those things. But there's there was the thing I liked, Adam, was there was a consistent approach from the players and from the coaches. You know, the, the process was consistent, um, but continuing to have some flexibility and agility as it relates to maximizing all 48 guys that are up on game day. Um, you know, being able to be more efficient and then capitalize on, you know, not making some of the same mistakes. I think that's been the, the key factor. And I think you do learn how to win. You know, we, we were trying to gel as a team and, and figuring out ways to be able to finish and finalize some of these games. There was a lot of games early on where you're playing excellent teams that we just came up short or didn't do quite enough. But I think there was enough good stuff that the guys knew like, all right, hey, there, you, you can't fake some of the good ball. Let's put it together more consistently. Let's figure out what it looks like and how we gel as players and coaches alike. And, and they've done an excellent job, and it's been really rewarding watching them do it. You've mentioned identity a couple of times today, both you know each sides of the ball and as a team as a whole. How would you describe this team's identity? Yeah, I, I think there's a mental and a physical toughness. I think there's a, an enjoyment for competing together. You know, I, I see a connected team. I see a team that supports one another. I see a team that responds to adversity better. 
Um, and then I see a team that has a whole hell of a lot of fun just going out and cutting it loose. And I think that's when we're at our best, Adam. Thanks, Sean. Welcome. Jordan. Hey, Sean. Um, Carson said something cool yesterday where um, he, he was talking about obviously being sort of separate when he's running scout team, things like that. But feeling how much play energy and, and he, he described a joyfulness with the young guys, especially on the team, um, that really gave him energy and brought him this feeling of what it's like to play football, basically. Um, <laughs> do you feel that? Did you Have you gotten that? Have you absorbed that from, from this team, is particularly the youthful element of it this year? No question. You know, I think that vibe, the energy, the joyfulness, however you want to um, you know, articulate what those positive things are. I, I think that's a, that's a fact. And, you know, I think you want guys to come in and enjoy, you know, falling in love with improvement and and really loving going to work and feeling like you're getting better and doing it with people that that love football and, and coaches that want to pour into you and, and care about you as a person and want to help you be the best player you can possibly be. And so um, that's exactly what you want to hear. And I, I don't think there's any other way around of, you know, that is the way you get the most out of people. And it is always about people. And that's, uh, that's a really cool thing. And, uh, and I do agree with, uh, you know, what Carson's saying. And I think that's a real credit to these players. And, and again, I, I love our coaching staff and the, the vibe that they help, you know, cultivate and create in addition to those players. And it's all about everybody doing that stuff together. And then, um, it's rare we get to on the outside when we grade and evaluate trades, things like that. It's rare we can say, hey, this was kind of a win-win. It seems like both both moves were ended up being a really solid, great fit. And and those both teams, yourselves and then the Lions, in different ways, uh, have have had a lot of success following those trades and, and built in different ways, things like that. What what do you think it was about the timing of that, um, if you were to look back on it, and then also sort of the, the ecosystemic stuff that happens afterward that led to a quick progress with you guys and then a methodical and substantial progress with Jared and with the Lions as well? Yeah, well, I think the first thing is there's four years of great experiences that I have much more appreciation and perspective on than I probably did at the time. Um, you know, so that's the first thing. The next thing is, is that it was a rare opportunity to acquire a player of Matthew Stafford's caliber with some of the surrounding pieces. Um, they had a real appreciation for Jared's skill set. And so it kind of just timed up um, in a manner that worked out. And then I think what you've seen is some of the things that have made Jared a really good player and why they've been the team that they are is there was a resilience, there was a grit, there was an ability to work through some stuff while knowing that, hey, there's good stuff um, as we continue to work through it. And I think Brad and Dan and, and those guys have done a great job of onboarding, um, you know, really good players through the draft, through free agency. And then they had some really good players in-house. And so, um, but Jared and, and his ability to be able to work in collaboration with Ben Johnson, it's it's been really impressive to watch, especially for the last few years. Um, you know, just the rapport and the comfort that those guys have with one another. And um, it, I, I think there's a lot of layers to it. And, uh, you know, I think it is a good situation for both ends. And that's why we're fortunate enough to meet in a big time game like this in the, uh, you know, in a really competitive league. Thanks, Sean. You're welcome. Beat you. Hey, Sean, just double-checking on Jordan Fuller. Is he not going to practice all week? Is it that serious? You know, he's not going to practice on Wednesday as of right now, if I was to project that. You know, but we're going to take, you know, we're going to give him all the time that he needs, Greg. We're going to take it a day at a time, but I think we do need to, uh, you know, be prepared, uh, you know, and get contingency plans in place. But we're hopeful that uh, that he might be able to make it to the game.
Okay, yeah, he played more snaps on defense than anybody on, on this team until yesterday. What would you lose if you don't have the, the guy there at the back that, you, that you've that you had all season? Yeah, communicator, um, a guy that's, you know, played with great range. I think he's made a lot of timely plays um, in crunch time situations, but he's been a captain for a reason. He's got tremendous respect and, uh, you know, from his teammates and coaches, and there's been a toughness to his game. So it would be a big one for us, but we're, we're hopeful that we don't have to go quite that direction yet. Thanks. Uh, scoring is down around the league. Just wanted to get your thoughts on on why scoring is down and why it's it's been a to to get into the box this year. You know, I don't know all those things, Eric. I, I just know that it's a cyclical league, and you know, defenses do a great job. You know, there's there's inventory and ways of of studying the game. I think they've done a great job of limiting some of the big plays, but I just think it's a back and forth battle. And, um, you know, I, I just think there's great coaches, great players, and and they make it as competitive as possible. But, uh, you know, I can't really, you know, divulge into why I think, you know, it's down significantly or what, what you know, how much of the trends are different. Um, you know, but I just think there's great competitiveness week in and week out. And I think there's great parity. I mean, I don't, I don't know. There was a bunch of teams that were in the mix to potentially get into the playoffs as of, you know, week 18, and I think that's exactly how the NFL wants to see it. And, and you see what you think every single week. You think you know, and then you realize, now you just don't know, and you got to be ready to go. And humility is only a week away in this league, whether it's offensively, defensively, or in the kicking game. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. You got it, man. And we'll wrap up with you, Jim, and then Dennis real quickly. Yeah, Sean, um, getting on a roll like you guys have in the second half of the season, winning seven out of eight whether it's momentum, whether it's a winning feeling, winning attitude, or what have you, does that carry over into the playoffs? And if so, how does that manifest itself? Well, I think you want to use some positive momentum, but you know the playoffs, it's the closest thing to March Madness that sports sees because it's a one-game one elimination tournament, and it's really about who plays the best in that three-and-a-half-hour window. Um, you, know, you look at it the year that we were able to win the Super Bowl, we lost our last game. And so... Uh, I think that having the resilience and the grit to be able to respond or to be able to carry momentum is is something that, you know, can can be a really important factor. But you can't do either or if you don't possess a mental toughness and an ability to be able to move forward and be where your feet are planted. Um, so while I do think that we want to use that as a positive for us, we still have to show up and play well. All right. And that was Rams head coach Sean McVay previewing the big Sunday night uh, playoff matchup between the Rams and the Lions. Again, Jared Goff versus Matthew Stafford. It doesn't get much bigger than that. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.